On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, I'm going to be talking to the founder of a five-person, seven-figure e-commerce business that generates 80% of its revenue from Amazon.com. We're going to talk about how to compete and grow your store on Amazon. Do stay tuned. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2 x their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. This episode is brought to you by Remarkety. Remarkety is an email marketing platform specifically built for e-commerce businesses. With Remarkety, emails are automatically triggered by shopper behavior and purchase history. With a few simple clicks, Remarkety allows you to recover abandoned carts, win back inactive customers, make product recommendations, deliver newsletters, and a whole lot more. In other words, emails you will send through Remarkety will be highly targeted with glaring improvements on your open rates, click rates, and most importantly, conversions. You're also able to track revenue generated from every single email sent by Remarkety. Try Remarkety absolutely free for 30 days, no credit cards, and no contracts. To sweeten the deal, 2x e-commerce listeners can get Remarkety for 30% off an entire year using the coupon code PODCAST30. That is coupon code podcast three zero visit remarkity.com to learn more remarkity is email marketing for e-commerce simplified on today's show i have with me yil zhang he is the co-founder of clinical god it's a health and personal care device distribution business that generates 80% of its sales from Amazon. Yes, you heard that right. 80% of its sales from Amazon and the remaining 20% from, from its website. They are a multi-million seven-figure e-commerce business based in the States, uh, Atlanta, I believe, that predominantly sell on Amazon, have been doing it since 2008. Yil is here to talk to us about how to manage and grow your Amazon business, your, your business on Amazon, how to handle competition, how to win the converted buy box, and a few things to be aware of, a few things to be aware of in Amazon. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Gail to the show. Welcome to the, sh- to the show, Gail. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hello, everyone. Hiya. Could you take a minute or two to, to tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Uh, yes. So I, uh, w- I stumbled into uh, e-commerce distribution for uh, health and personal care really by accident back in uh, in, in 2006. Uh, you know, my friend uh, Jackie uh, called me one day and said, "Yeah, would you would you like to go to a medical device show?" Now, uh, it was the day of. Uh, it was happening in Atlanta, which is where we're based, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I so we put on a suit. We didn't have registrations, and we were able to get into the show because we looked. The part. So we went. <laughs> so we went into the show. We uh, we we saw a few distributors, or I say manufacturers, who uh, were making their debut in the United States, and they needed a distributor. So 
with one of those companies, uh, they had really been looking for uh, someone to represent their product in the U.S. So I told Jackie, I said, we really should help them out. We should, we should distribute their product. So I, I went home. Uh, I went to the bank. I took out all the cash that I had. And the next day, I went back to the show, and I bought all of their merchandise. And that's really how we started. So later that two months later, we, uh, we set up a website, an e-commerce website, to start selling these products. Uh, that's how we started. And, uh, and for the first two years, we were almost 100% just regular e-commerce, uh, not on Amazon. And, but then in 2008... You know, that's when we saw that uh, a lot of our competitors had started to go on to Amazon and we decided, okay, well, it's time for us to start an account and start selling. And there's really not too much of a mystery uh, behind the selling on this on Amazon. It's really about just being uh, just being competitively priced. So a part of it is, um, is, is making sure that our own operations are smooth enough. Uh, because you know, as uh, as I don't know, um, as as a lot of your audience probably know who are selling on Amazon, they are, they have a lot of very strict rules on uh, when things should be delivered. You know, when things, you know, how how late you have to wait for uh, to reply to customer service, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, you know how 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 often you should uh, you know when you should upload the tracking number, all of that. So uh, originally we were beginning with a manual process, and it was taking a long time. Mm-hmm. And over about two years, we were then able to start automating it, and that's that's really where uh, where things start getting better. Okay, that's that's quite exciting. And let's backtrack to 2006. Uh, you, you you pretty much get crashed into this industry in, into selling online. Prior to that, I'm I'm um, I'm I'm on your LinkedIn profile. Prior to that, um, what what did you do? I, I see you had a background in Siemens, on par USA, Wind Tower. Were you kind of working at the time? Um, and because I think you were the VP of marketing for a company prior were you working at the time and then doing this part-time and then you got into it full-time or did you were you at a transitionary period in your life where you said you know i'm looking to to go into retail or go into business and and then you're looking for opportunities and that's what led you to the show to the trade show uh yes so i was i went to the trade show because i was just curious i wasn't i wasn't planning to become an e-commerce retailer at all it was just I saw that there were these products that were quite innovative and they were priced you know, and they were filled a niche in the market that um, my friend Jackie you know, told me that it was a good, a good, uh, a good place to, to start. And, uh, and I took a gamble, really. It, was just, it, was, it, was, it had more to do with luck that mm-hmm. I stumbled into it. And when we first started, we, uh, the first year... Uh, I would say in 2006, we actually we actually didn't make that much. We didn't actually make any money. We actually lost about thirty thousand dollars. Wow, okay, uh, is right. And it was in 2007 we had a uh, you know we had a revenue of about four hundred thousand. And then by 2008, we our revenue had already increased to one point two million. And what's your so, revenue now? Uh, it's it's almost uh, three million. So okay. this year, hopefully, we'll be break, we'll be breaking that barrier. Uh, and this is in dollars. Yeah, for your yeah, audience. Yeah, yes. USD, yes, yes, absolutely. Right. Okay, right. So so you, you, you were doing you're pretty much above one million direct from your website, selling from your website. And um how has Amazon so 
How has the distribution of revenue changed? Um, and what's the split like at the moment? Where, where do you do distribution? Because you, you, you introduce yourself, um, you introduce Clinical Guard as a distribution business. So do you do a bit of distribution? Do you sell direct to consumers, um, on your websites? And do you obviously, you obviously sell on Amazon. What's the kind of distribution of revenue from that perspective? You're right. Uh, when we first started, uh, we were more heavy on the distribution side because mm. the, the the products themselves had a higher margin. Mm. Uh, but you know, but as more players enter the market uh, and driving the pri- retail price of these, um, you know, our products down, uh, we noticed that it was uh, a much better uh, for us um, strategically to be more to c- towards commerce uh, for for B two C, and because and thus we uh, really um, spent did more ad spend on, on Google for our our website. Um, but the caveat of that is that uh, what we noticed was that more and more of our customers were going to Amazon to make the purchase, and that's where we went, where the customers were. So we actually. Uh, we actually uh, invested less on our site and, and more into Amazon. And that's how we currently have this uh, 80% sales on Amazon, about 15% um, on website, and then 5% of our old customers on the distribution side. So it's very, it's a very eclectic mix uh, mm-hmm. that, we, that we kind of inherited from our old business. But uh, I would say Amazon is, is really um, where the future is. And there's also certain mm-hmm. pitfalls uh, to that, and which I'll get to later. It's a very, very interesting statement. Amazon being the future. Um, I do, does it give you cold sweat at night? Um, thinking uh, that oh, well, given the fact that eighty percent of your business is from Amazon. Uh, yes, and that's actually one of the biggest challenges. Is because um, the demand is uh, it's it's you can somewhat predict it, but the thing mm-hmm. is, there's always going to be things that you don't know, and there's the the three things that are always on my mind are uh, uh, new players in this business, especially ones who um, don't abide by the rules. Uh, those that's that's the biggest worry. Uh, mm-hmm. The second one is obviously, you know, customers themselves being fickle and moving on to another product. Mm-hmm. And the third one, which I don't know if it's on anyone's mind, is uh, is the big eight hundred pound gorilla, at least in the United States, is Alibaba. So those are the three things that are on my mind. Mm-hmm. Before we go into Alibaba and also, um, you know, the, the malicious um, players on, on 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 Amazon, I wanted to ask you about what your thoughts are on on the fact that you do not get contact details like email addresses through Amazon, right? So Amazon pretty much controls all of that, um, the retention bit of um, of the business. How do you? you know, um, build long-term relationships on Amazon? Is it even possible from your experience? You know, I, uh, unfortunately, I have not um, listened to earlier episodes of your podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can only say from personal experience and I can, I can say that it's nearly impossible to uh, for the customers to uh, create a long-term experience with us. Um, of course, they can always use Google and search for our company name because mm-hmm. it's the same as our seller name mm-hmm. on Amazon. And then they can see our you know, our toll-free website and, and call us or email us using a contact form. But mm-hmm. if they are inside the walled gardens of Amazon, it's it's very, imp- very hard for them 
to uh, to go outside of it. And they may not be comfortable doing that. So someone who's extremely comfortable with buying stuff on Amazon because they're prime subscribers mm-hmm. um, may not be the same, may not be of the mindset to continue a relationship with the seller through their own website uh, unless they receive a significant discount. Mm-hmm. So, so that's and and that's not that's not a tactic that we use. It's actually very hard. So it's it's actually, I, I would say the, the that's that's a pretty big challenge. Okay, so so yeah, uh, well, Amazon is 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 making it a habit for for people to to come to 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 their store again and again and again. They're synonymous to 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 selling to buying really from a consumer standpoint so yeah it's just a no-brainer actually being on amazon you know and, and selling through amazon and you know i'm dominating that space okay so so let's move into the challenges well actually before the challenges let's talk about the tools because you said you started out um pretty manually um on amazon so since 2008, um, have you been through a number of tools um, you use for, for managing um, well, your, your, your listings on Amazon? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, originally, Amazon actually had a uh, Amazon seller tool for their des- for the desktop. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, it only worked on Windows XP and only on the 32-bit version of that. <laughs> so, so we so we had to maintain a desktop computer in the office that was old enough to use the Amazon seller desktop software, uh, and that was great for c- both creating listings and also for updating listings. It was it was very fast. It was much better than the, the web interface, uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were able to use that for quite a few years. Now, because of everybody, because our entire office is now on Windows 10, we have had to go back to uh, you know the the uh, the web interface because you know, our, as our catalog of products has matured, we really don't have to do too many updates to that. Um, but one thing that I do want to point out in terms of uh, software tools is we did uh, we did have on the on the on the shipping side, we actually had. Uh, numerous adventures with that the first thing we did was we we wrote our own own scripts so the good news is that we have a technical background we wrote our own scripts to to download the orders from from amazon and then we had a second script that we ran to update the tracking numbers for all the all the orders using their using their api and that worked really well from 2010 until probably 2012 so for those two years, we just had our own uh, we had our own script script that we wrote, and then later in 2013, we actually uh, finally uh, stepped up and and uh, and we, we actually kind of like you did. Uh, we didn't listen to any podcasts, but we did talk to other retailers, and they've had recommended a uh, a tool called Shipworks, okay. which which is a multi channel a multi channel shipping solution. So mm-hmm. they would pull um, our our own e-commerce orders our uh, from our website as well as some of our clearance items that we sell on ebay mm-hmm. and as well as the amazon sh- uh, orders and they would all put it into one place where you know staff in our warehouse would then be able to print the labels and uh, grab the appropriate boxes as well as uh, you know and the invoices so all, it was all done in one place and uh, and that was that's actually a very powerful piece of software i don't know if it's available uh, in the UK, I believe it is. It's, uh, it is. It's, yes, Shipworks. So that that's what we use. That and that's what we have used, and it has really sped up our okay. uh, our e-commerce uh, on the on the uh, fulfillment side. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. What about um from uh from a marketing or a bid 
adjustment standpoint. So for like repricing, I had um, someone from um, Shemul. Um, he was from um, Fidviso. And they're a repricing platform, and um, they're all about winning the buy box. I was just wondering if you've had any challenges trying to claim the buy box, and how you whether you automate any of um, your your repricing on on Amazon. Uh, we do. We actually still have our own in-house script that does the repricing. Um, and and the the thing about repricing is that uh, we know that our competitors do it as well. So um, it's not about getting the lowest price because that would really be driving it to the bottom, but mm-hmm. it's to, uh, to at least match the prices of the other sellers. Okay. Uh, and and the, the reason for that is because um, there are still, you know, our biggest challenge really aren't the other sellers of the, our products because, you know, that it's a fair market and, and, we, and there is a, there's still enough sales for everyone, we believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest challenge are really going to be the, the bad actors uh, okay. who are in the space. Okay. Um, I have a question with regards to the kinds of products you sell. Um, the fact that you said the your suppliers were actually looking for um, representatives in, in America and in the, in the U.S. And um, whether you're the sole sellers exclusive sellers of, of that particular product in well of clinical guard are all your products clinical um, guard branded so do you actually own your brand or do you source um, a number of brands and sell you know a varied number of brands on on your amazon store uh, you know that's a, that's a good question. Uh, some of them we actually use the manufacturer's brand uh, under their authorization. Okay. Some of them we use our own brand, which is Clinical Guard, and that is a registered trademark. Okay. Uh, and the the, the, the we, whether we choose to use our own brand or not is really done at the very beginning. So when we set up a new product, if we believe that we can uh, eventually build enough cachet for it where it makes sense for us to sell it on our own brand, we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, if it's there is already a large uh, presence of that other brand online, then mm-hmm. we do not put it on our own brand. We just go ahead and use the manufacturer's brand or whatever the brand that um, they're familiar with. Okay. What's a net effect on, on the business on the bottom line on selling your own brand versus selling other brands? Well, the, the 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 really the best part of it is that by selling our own brands, it's um, it's it's a way for us to dissuade uh, other sellers from mm-hmm. selling these brands because we you know we do own the brand, mm-hmm. um, and so that helps build an exclusive uh, distribution for that specific product. Uh, however, uh, when when that happens, you still have to. Uh, invest um, a little bit more in Amazon marketing mm. to get uh, to get the product in front of people's eyes. So you still have to sell it at a discount versus the incumbent brand, okay. and you still have to spend a little bit more on marketing. So it's it makes sense for us to do it, uh, but only because we have the scale. Okay. If it, if it's a smaller seller, um, you may be spent you may be spending money on you know on not just you may be leaving money on the table not just by having to make a discount off of your own brand because that's you know because people on Amazon do value uh, a good value mm-hmm. they they do want something for a good price but they but you also have to spend money on Amazon marketing uh, in order to get that product in front of the people in front of people's eyes okay, so, so so how do you how do you how do you spend money well um, effectively 
on on Amazon marketing? What what channels would you use within the Amazon ecosystem? I, I suppose I presume. Well, uh, for that we actually um, we actually limit it to just uh, Amazon marketing service, and okay. that just creates uh, and that just promotes the the placement of the item in line uh, under search results. And that's and that's a and that's a and I guess that's a, it's a way for Amazon to make some money, mm-hmm. um, and it's a way for us to get our product in front of customers. But we're always, you know, at the at the end of every week, we actually um, do a ROI report internally to see whether it's worth spending the extra money on marketing because that cuts into the product margins as well. Mm-hmm. So so you you know if you're not a numbers person and you're trying to sell things on Amazon, that is not. I recommend that is not something that you should do if you <laughs> so you you definitely have to at least know how to use excel or at least a pen and paper to or in a calculator to uh to, to calculate you know the margins because there's amazon fees there's charges for shipping and on top of that if you're using marketing services you have to ca- account for how much you're spending versus your unit sales from mm-hmm. that week that makes right. a, that makes a lot of sense. I'm yes. sure you you leave and breathe um, on spreadsheets on a regular basis <laughs> to manage your business. Okay, so moving into owning your brand, are there other sellers that creep in? Are you pretty much protected on Amazon when you sell your brand, or um, you know, are they intruders? Do, do people still try, despite um, your your brand being trademarked? Do people still do, do other sellers still try to to list on your um to to have to to list their products on your on your list? And yes, uh, and there's two examples. The the first one that you're talking about, which mm-hmm. is just other products, other sellers selling it off of this brand listing. Um, that's that's that phenomenon really peaked a couple of years ago. It's not happening as much now because Amazon has gotten really good about um, protecting the brands of the act that belong to the actual sellers, including the uh, the ability to register um, your your trademarks under your seller account, so that they so that you get to have a say in what and, and uh, you know how the product is. Uh, is listed on Amazon. And that's that's a great pro. That's mm-hmm. a great thing that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there will still be some that will try to list and list their product under your listing because that's something that Amazon obviously allows everyone to do. Uh, when that happens, uh, we do uh, we do uh, on our side make a few test buys. So we have to create. So if we have to purchase the competitor's product. And then when we receive it, we shoot a video, just a short one of us opening it and showing that it's obviously not the same product. Wow. And then we send that when we have to send it to seller performance, at which point then they would be able to take a few more days to get it removed. So during that time, approximately a week, that per, that seller is making money off of our brand. And wow. that's and that's and that's um you know, and you know, and you know, as as much as I love uh, Amazon as a selling platform, that's that's a pretty big challenge, and we always mm-hmm. have to be vigilant. And we had to, you know, with the hundred SKUs uh, that we have on Amazon, we, we and and we're not even a big seller. You know, we're a pretty tiny seller with only a hundred SKUs. We have to basically monitor and, and see which ones have. Uh, new sellers have, uh, you know, new sellers placing their wares on there, and I'm sure that in your experience, you, there are tools that can do this kind of reporting. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I probably, I'm just not aware of those um, right now, and I'm sure there's ways for us to even be more efficient, which is why I'm looking forward to definitely 
listening to your two x e-commerce blog. <laughs> I was into two x e-commerce podcast because it's 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 you know I I just started yesterday. It sounds very interesting, and Cheers. I'm really looking forward to listening to the pre- previous episodes. Um, definitely listen to um episode twenty six. It was with the chaps from CPC Strategy. Um, I spoke with Rick Backus, and it was just exclusively on Amazon product advertising that he shares he shared loads of tools and you know i'm shared lots of tactics on there uh, that'd be quite interesting but thank you um, for the comments okay so 100 SKUs generating three million dollars not bad at all not bad at all um but going back to this issue they're pretty much counterfeiting your product Yes, that's the second. So that's the second problem. So once, once, if we have a product that that leads the category, and it's always the first product that people see because mm. it's it's gotten it's been there for a while. It's mm. it's priced it's priced attractively. It's gotten uh, you know it's got a great description, good pictures. Uh, it's you know it's got thousands of reviews. We have had unfortunately recently a couple of bad actors where they would they they would take the product that we have. They would. They would bring they would bring it to another manufacturer in China, where they would actually they would actually counterfeit they would counterfeit the product, copy it to make it look exactly like this, mm-hmm. uh, exactly like a product. Create a new listing and then push that listing to the front page. Uh, and and we've been tracking we've been tracking this this bad actor for a, a, mm-hmm. a couple of years, and they've done this with other products. So they've they've come really come into our space. And we've had to, re- we've really had to uh, be be not only vigilant, but we've started, we've had to now, um, and and you know, and as much as I love e-commerce, I really don't like to uh, have to call people or email because you know it's very easy to sit back behind your computer and get mm-hmm. things done at your own pace. So we've actually had to reach out to other sellers who are in this space and uh, and and ask them for what their experiences are. So the bad actor, what they've been doing is not only are they creating a counterfeit product to sell, uh, it, it still, it still works. You know, it's, it still works. Um, but you know, it's a counterfeit product. It's not FDA cleared. It's, it's, uh, hmm. it's, it looks, it it looks like ours. They, they have, it's got thousands of reviews. And then we, you know, we looked at ourselves and said, how did this person, who came out of nowhere have this many reviews. So we did our own investigation uh, and we looked at who's creating those reviews and it looks like they are employing some type of third-party system where thousands of accounts are created. So these are these are Amazon accounts. Thousands of Amazon accounts are created where the Amazon accounts themselves only have two or three reviews. Usually two positive reviews for their products and then one negative review for either one of our products or one of our competitors' products. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so they're using so I I think the term that comes to mind is is a drip campaign or of some kind, mm-hmm. where they're just promoting their own products through positive reviews and and bashing everyone else's. And we've and we've been reporting this to seller performance. Uh, and we've we've and whenever we see this, we we do that. But unfortunately, they've been very slow, very very slow. And that's that's and that I would say is the number one frustration for me, uh, for for our company as a as a seller, uh, is is seeing you know these these just unscrupulous bad actors in this ecosystem that are really getting away with just just cheating 
I beg, and and or or I would say you know ignoring the rules or 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 play, or play gaming the system in their favor in a way that's I would I would say it's unfair simply because you know we are doing the traditionally way you know whether it's by advertising through marketing services or just you know doing good reaching out to our customers asking them to leave feedback they are literally you know spending just I don't know how much. To, to push their product up through these you know, these back channels. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, right. Are they actually using the Clinical Guard logo or um, are they using something more generic? Uh, they are using a different logo, right. but the, because Amazon's product, is, you know, the search is so image-driven, they have their own photos of their counterfeit product, which look exactly like ours. Right. So, so it, it's and it, because they are now, because we are in them, are now one and two, um, it's uh, you know we've seen a decrease in sales uh, from their product being there. So it's so it's it's so that's that's one of the frustrations. And and unfortunately, you know we've had to uh, keep one of our own employees full time to deal with uh, these types of issues on Amazon. So it's so so when you're doing an e-commerce, you now have to think about the overhead of maintaining another mm. staff member just to do these kinds of reporting of bad sellers or bad uh, products. Okay, so so backtrack into to Amazon's seller performance um, team. Are, um, have you successfully um, followed through, um, actually raised a case with an unscrupulous seller in the past and followed through to the end? And um, did, did you come to a resolution with them or, um, or has this never happened with... with- you know, it's been. It's actually. Uh, I would say the the success rate is pretty low. Mm. Um, we've we've in the 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 seller performance team, um, at least from what we know and from uh, friends who uh, who have worked at Amazon or who or who are, are working there, the seller performance team is really quite nebulous. It's mm. uh, it's from what they say, even internally, it's cordoned off from the rest of. Amazon and they and even and they have very little influence on what the seller performance team does, and because it's because it's there's only one way to contact them, which is email, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe a phone call. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's very hard to raise a case. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we have to basically put all the evidence in front of them uh, and explain the steps we we took to gather this evidence, how we were able to find out what they were doing. And and present a case, and even then, it's it's still a good chance that they will do nothing because you know, and and as uh, and 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 uh, you know, for all the you know the good things that Amazon does, which is bring you know, great priced consumer products to to customers, one of the things that they really do do you know not quite as well is really take care of their sellers, and especially if uh, a seller that is now you know ranking pretty highly. Uh, they, you know, even if they are making these violations to the seller policy, they seem to, you know, the seller performance team really seems to be, you know, really placing a blind eye on uh, on what they're on these these tactics that they're engaging in. Uh, and I and I don't know if it's driven by the bottom line. I'm not here to speculate, um, but it's 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 you know that's that's the frustrating part for us. And it's certainly a challenge for, for yes, you guys to, yes, to, yes, yes. Okay. Um, right. Should we track back into like your product listings on Amazon? Um, have you 
so you, obviously since 2008, you, you tried and tested various um, formats. And um, from your perspective with 100 SKUs, um, which is a good sample size, a good size to, to actually test, um, to do lots of testing. Um, what is your ideal, what are the ideal elements for a successful Amazon product page? You know, it, it's there's there's several great things. One is you have to have great photos, mm-hmm. uh, photos that are detailed, high resolution, uh, and that show the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to engage the customer so that you can ask them to also upload their own photos of them using the product later, uh, and that mm-hmm. helps. Because it's, it's great to, to just see the product photo, but it's even better for the customers to see other customers who are using that product. Uh, the second thing is the instructions and the description has to be very clear. Uh, they, there's, there's, and the third thing is to be, be an active participant in the question and answer section. So, mm-hmm. so on, the, on the bottom part of the listing or towards right before the reviews, there's a part that's, that where customers can ask questions about this product. And there's an opportunity to answer those questions. And that's where a lot of customer engagement comes in. So they would say, oh, are batteries included? And then you can answer, yes, batteries are included. Or no, batteries are not included. You know, those, it's important to answer those questions. And then by looking at those questions that are answered, adjust the description accordingly. So it's, you, so it's really uh, a matter of, being, of not being a lazy. You know, it's important to be... Uh, to be at, to be vigilant about looking at your own listings, what customers are saying, and then addressing those. Um, and the final thing that that's, that we found to uh, to have been uh, a little bit effective is is whenever you see a review that's um, that's not uh, absolutely great, mm-hmm. uh, it's to it's to look at the review and and uh, and write a comment about it using your account and then tell them to reach out to you. So they could. Uh, you know, through this, we've had a, a, a small number of customers who can, who either repl- you know, we've given them a, re- a replacement product, or we, you know, we they would have a, a phone call with them to help troubleshoot their issues, and then subsequently they would go back and and improve their their review. So it's so those are those are some of the non uh, so those are some of the non digital analog things that we do. Wow. Uh, to to help drive sales to you know what's ultimately still a digital platform. Uh, that's quite interesting. With regards to the, um, I have a question with regards to the customer photos. Do you how do you nudge customers to to actually take um, you know a photograph of, um, of of the product when when they get it? Do you give them any incentives or? Um, do you just send them messages or do you let Amazon um, use their system to, to encourage them to, to upload images? Uh, you know, we uh, on, on our invoices, we have a statement that says, you know, feedback is very important to us. Mm. And, you know, it would be great if you could take a picture of your product as you're using it, if you enjoy it, you know, because we live and die by feedback, you know, something, something towards that. Uh, that regard uh, on the invoice itself, so that mm-hmm. when they when they open up their package, that's the thing that they see, and uh, and, the, and when they read that, uh, it will encourage them. Now that doesn't happen for all of our customers. It's a very small percentage mm-hmm. of our customers that actually put the photos on there, but mm-hmm. we do try to encourage them through the invoice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what tactics other uh, Amazon sellers use, but uh, that one we it's something that we do ourselves. Okay. 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 
Fantastic. Okay, so I guess that the next stage after, you know, the products when, when customers actually purchase is how you fulfill. Um, do you do you use the fulfill by Amazon, the FBA, or um, do, you, do you have your warehouse um, where, where, where you, you fulfill from? And what kind of um, shipping times do you do you adhere to? Okay, so because our products are fairly low dollar amount, mm-hmm. um, we we do use FBA for some of our products, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that's a tactic to win the buy box um, because mm-hmm. they give preference to FBA. Uh, but for some other products, because they're so so low priced, we uh, we still have to sell them, you know, fulfill them first party from us. So okay. instead of having FBA. We do also have our own warehouse where we have uh, workers there downloading the Amazon orders using Shipworks and then shipping them out, and and, and that's also um, it's really dependent upon uh, what product that they're buying mm-hmm. uh, and with the pricing of the product. So if it reaches a certain threshold, you know, around twenty dollars, um, then we will do FBA. If not, then we'll just sh- uh, ship it out ourselves. Okay, that makes sense. Um, could you give us an idea of the size of your team and um, what kind of roles um, they are? What major roles or departments um, they, they are in your in your company? We have a pretty small team, uh, only about five people, and wow. it's so it's just. Uh, and and the thing is, so even though we have a fairly a sizable revenue on Amazon, the I, revenue per I, I, head five hundred thousand. Uh, <laughs> right, but the thing is, I have to warn all you, uh, the listeners the. That does not mean it's extremely profitable because the thing is, like I said, there's overhead in terms of Amazon marketing services. There's there's AdWords from Google. There's uh, you know the cost of running a warehouse. So it is it is quite capital intensive because we also have to uh, you know have uh, a sizable inventory and stock at all times in order to meet demands because we know that Christmas is coming and it, and it's always a, a big deal for for. Uh, for buyers uh, and for sellers, so we have to be very lean throughout the year in order mm-hmm. to stock the enough inventory for Christmas. So the important thing to know is that uh, during Christmas we do upsize our staff to approximately eight people, okay. uh, and then usually year round we only have five, and that's you know it's, it's mainly uh, one person, uh, two people on customer service, one person on procurement, and two people in the warehouse. Okay. 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 Makes sense. So pretty good team. Okay. Pretty compact team rather. Let's talk about, um, okay. So in, in Europe here in, in the UK, um, in Europe, actually Europe. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed is Amazon is, is king, right? So I was reading a report today. Amazon is not, is number one in Germany, e-commerce, um, number one in Austria. Um, it's number one in the UK. It's, it's just everywhere. Right. Um, however, my um, my my Eastern European friends, um, colleagues, you know, um, freelancers I work with, they tend to use Alibaba Express quite a lot. Alibaba Express or Alibaba is making you know moves in the UK. It's it's dominant, but predominantly from a seller standpoint, so from from a business to business standpoint at the moment. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on um, whether Alibaba through Alibaba Express is, you know, um, going to be what Amazon is today at some point in the future. You know, that's a topic that is on, on my mind. 
and that's something that I hope a lot of potential e-commerce sellers are keeping in their mind because uh, there's a significant wage gap between the folks in China and everywhere and, and the folks in the Western countries like the UK and the United States. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the things that um, from what we've heard of, uh, even when we go to trade shows, is that Alibaba is building its own network of warehouses and distribution centers in the <laughs> U.S. And what that's going to do is they're going to be able to stock the inventory of sellers from China uh, you know the inventory of their inventory. So, mm. so even though we may have distribution agreements for saying that some products in the U.S., these Chinese sellers will stop at nothing to sell to this market. Which means that once Alibaba does a big push in the e-commerce side, uh, they may be giving us, you know, you know, sellers based in the United States with our higher, um, you know, with our higher overhead because of labor and warehousing and all of that, they, they may be giving us a run for our money, literally, which uh, it's, I don't know if it, that's a topic on any other seller's mind. I don't know if that's something that uh, other sellers care about. But for us, uh, because we're in such a low margin um, industry to begin with, uh, it's, 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 uh, we are thinking about the existential challenges uh, every week, every week, mm. because because there's always you know it, there's always news, and we do know that um, by Alibaba working with the customs, creating a express method for them to both uh, ship and warehouse their items to the United States, and then being able to fulfill from United States locations, uh, it's create it's going to create a lot of opportunities for big sellers on Alibaba in China and. Mm. That's going to allow them to uh, sell a lot of their products to the consumer side. So we are waiting for the day when uh, when Amazon is going to have a run for its money uh, and having to compete and maybe even a fight to the death uh, against Alibaba. Kind of like kind of like Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not that's not not to uh, not to bring a bad uh, you know an example from another uh, arena, but that's. And that, and and that's uh, and that's something that we have to be mindful of. Now, that's not to say that we're going to go ahead and start a store in, in Alibaba. We we have we, we've tried it. Uh, we haven't really mastered it yet. But you know, we really have to go where customers are going. And if they choose to use Alibaba, then we will have to switch to that uh, at at one point, or or use it, or use that as an additional sales channel in addition to what's to been your experience? Amazon. What's been your experience so far with Alibaba, with um, with, with with trying to sell on, on, on Alibaba? It's uh, it's it's different. Very, very, very low margins, um, <laughs> and uh, very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's going to be a challenge, and you know, it's gonna it's gonna there's going to be a good equilibrium in that uh, you know the wages in China are still rising. So uh, hopefully, through economies of scale and greater efficiencies, we can we can be competitive. Mm. Uh, but you know, we we have to either accept uh, a lower margin or we have to uh, strive for greater efficiency on our part. And that's always going to be the big driver, right? The spiral to the bottom. Mm. Oh, and and actually, that's that's one thing that um, I don't I don't know if you have time for me to take another tangent here, but there is one thing which. Uh, I, I had a friend who uh, who also did e-commerce on Amazon, and one of the one of the products that he sold, um, Amazon had reached out directly to the manufacturer, bypassing him entirely, and it became yeah. a 
and and I don't know if that you've heard that story from other sellers as well. We discussed it with my conversation in episode 26 with Rick. Um, Amazon actually has a special seller program for manufacturers and um, they could actually even give them landing pages and, you know, just that they're, they're trying their best to sell direct to consumers on behalf of brands rather than middlemen. Right. From, from what he, right. he said. And I think they're working on specific verticals now. And you know, obviously they, they get data from, um, from, from sellers and wholesalers. And um, if the figures look enticing, I, I guess it rings alarm bells at the back um, somewhere in, in Amazon. And um, they, they, they have it on their list um, to, to, to reach out to, to the manufacturers, I, I suppose. Okay. Okay. Um, this is the evergreen segment of of, um, of, of the show, and um, it's pretty much rounding up. And I, I have a question for you, with which which is um, in regards to your best mistake you've made to date, um, being an Amazon seller. The best mistake. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, pretty much um, the, the 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 biggest setback you've had on Amazon that's giving you the a setback on Amazon that's giving you the biggest feedback um, from that perspective. Um, so so um, yeah, um, uh, an issue you've had or um, a mistake you you've made, but giving you best feedback to be better on Amazon. Yes. Uh, so the the during the conversation. Uh, I've talked many times about being vigilant and being mindful of your own listings. The thing is, uh, unfortunately for us, uh, for you know, we were not as vigilant in the beginning, and we did, we weren't careful about managing customer feedback. We weren't careful about uh, responding to customers in a timely manner. Um, we had let the shipping date slip a couple of times, mm-hmm. and these things were very, you know, were looked very heavily by Amazon and. Uh, so much so that um, we would give get warnings on our account. Uh, we actually had our account, um, you know, you know, they they threatened to ban it because of the things that we were not doing to step up to meet the guidelines of Amazon. So if you are not doing business on Amazon right now um, and you're thinking about it, it's important to look at and read all the guidelines mm-hmm. and make sure you actually abide by them. I know that uh, in in the example I gave that other seller was not. Um, but but they were and they were gaming the system. But it's important to make your business indefensible. So if they said you have to update the tracking number in 24 hours, you probably have to do that. If you have to get back to the customer in 24 hours, it's good. To, it's a good idea to do that. So it's easy to be lazy and ignore the the requirements of Amazon. But when you do that, you are definitely threatening your the viability of your business and your account. Oh, that's really, 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 really good. Uh, good, good point there. Just that proactivity, really, in every bit, <laughs> from feedbacks to 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 listings um, and to response time. Okay, okay, good stuff. Okay, if you were to do this all over again, right, on Amazon, sell um, sell on Amazon, what products would you sell again? What if it was not medical equipment, well, what other products would you sell as an Amazon retailer? Where, where do you see growth and opportunity from, from an Amazon standpoint? Uh, I would say if I, if I didn't do health and personal care, mm-hmm. um, I, the other, only other category that I could think about would be baby products because mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I've seen some other sellers just do extremely well um it's not an area that it's it's tangent it's it's somewhat related to where we are but uh, it, i'm not an expert in that field but it seems that the number of baby products 
Uh, and especially now that people having less children, you know, the individual spend per baby, mm. uh, you know, as they're growing is just tremendous. And the fact that Amazon gives prime membership to you know, new mothers uh, as a way to entice them to join the system also helps. So if I were to start over again, I would go into the baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, that's very interesting in terms of um, giving mothers prime membership. I, I didn't know that one. Okay. Um, so if you were to choose a single book, actually, um, have you read any books um, or did you read any books to, to help you become a better Amazon Zeller? You know, I, I have to say I, re- I read a book that was written by and it was it was sent to us because because we we were we were using American Express and we still we still have American Express uh, the the business card, uh, the, the the credit card, mm-hmm. and 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 they sent us a book about how to advertise online, <laughs> and I and I I don't know who wrote it because it didn't have an author on it, but it was mm-hmm. a book written by it was written by American Express about how to advertise online, uh, and and it was the summer of summer of two thousand eight, I I read it we uh, we changed our tactics. Because of that, and uh, and that's really what uh, got us into being more imaginative, you know, joining Amazon, becoming you know more proactive. It's it's and I and I and I and I don't have that book anymore because I let my friend borrow it, and I don't know the, <laughs> and I don't know the title of it. But it's a it's an American Express book on how to advertise online, and it's I'm sorry I don't know the the, the exact title. I'll search for it and uh, I'll link it off in, from show notes. Okay, all right. On uh, on a final note, um, for view, for our listeners who want to reach out to you, um, how, how's the best way to to catch you? Catch you? Are you on social media? Um, yeah, or uh, um, is email. Uh, yes, uh, email would be fine, um, and feel free to share with your listeners uh, my email address. Uh, okay. Also, you can uh, also share my Twitter. I, I'm not an active Twitter user, but okay. I do have uh, my own handle, which is just at sign Yale Zhang, which is for my first and last name okay. together. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Yale, and um, yeah, thank you for, for coming on 2X e-commerce. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to listening to the previous episodes that you have. They sound very interesting. (laughs) Yes, please. Please do. Please do. Cheers. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.